Tov. This week is Parshas Mishpatim. The first week after Matan Torah. Um, it's Parshas Mishpatim, where we start learning the halachas of the Torah. Mishpatim is laws. Um, and this week gets into the nitty gritty. The whole Baba Kama, you know, Baba Basra, Baba Mitzi. A lot of it is in Parshas Mishpatim. Um, a nice remnant that I think I've shared in the past is that Parshas Mishpatim is the 18th Parsha of the Torah. Right? Last week's Parsha Yisrael was the 17th. 17 is Gematria of Toiv. And in Toiv el And uh, the Torah is given in Parsha Yisrael, which is the 17th Parsha. The 18th Parsha is Chai, which is life, is Mishpatim. Mm-hmm. What's the special connection of Chai with Mishpatim? So Mishpatim represent mitzvahs that we can understand, right? Yeah. We know that mitzvahs are divided. We have ah, the Chukim, those that we don't the understand. There's Eidus that are testimonials. Mishpatim are the ones that are very logical. And it's interesting, when we talk about logic, Hashem wants us to understand the mitzvahs. Why does He want us to understand? Why can't we just do it? Because He said so. Well, what's the importance of understanding something? And the answer is because when you understand something, you appreciate it more. You're able to do it more enthusiastically, more with more enthusiasm, with more feeling, because you understand what it's about. So mishpatim, which is the idea of the understanding, gives us a chayis, gives us more of an energy and a passion and a life in the mitzvahs that we do. It's interesting that in Hebrew we talk about the reasons for mitzvahs. What's the, what do we call reasons for mitzvahs? The tam. But really in Hebrew, reasons is not tam. A reason would be a siba. And he were real, he was siba. But we don't call the siba, we call it tam. Because it's not about a reason, it's about giving us a taste, a gishmak, that we should be able to do that with more enjoyment and more chayis, with more life. And that's all the remas of the 18th parsha of the Torah, parsha Mishpatim, representing that the 17th, the Torah, the Torah is good. But in order that we should uh, appreciate it more and enjoy it more, Hashem also gives us reasons and logic and explanation and so many svarim that help us understand to appreciate the Torah mitzvahs even more. That's just an idea. How do you spell Tom? Tom is Tess Ayin Mem. Tess Ayin or Shlos Mem. Oh, Tess. Tess. Right. Yes. Right. Okay, but that's not the main idea I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about a Pasuk or Tupsukim that are much later in the Parsha, towards the end of the Parsha. And that reads, Vavadetem Es... I'm sorry? You always speak the beginning of the Parsha. <laughs> okay. Es Hashem Elokeichem. You shall serve your God. Hashem will bend, shall bless your bread and your water. And I will remove sickness from amongst you, or from your midst. And then the pastor goes on to say the next pastor, right. There will not be a mishakela. Mishakela is a woman of miscarriage, or if child, even if children die afterward. And Akara is someone who's barren, a person who can't have children. So there will not be those miscarriages and those children who die, heaven forbid, in, or the barren women in your land. I will fill the number of your days. And notice that a person should have a full life, a full and long life. So Tupsukim, again, towards the end of the parsha, I think, as you said, in the section of Shishi. Um, and on the very simple level, what is the Pasuk saying? It's saying, very simple, serve Hashem and I'll take care of you, right? Serve Hashem, and Hashem will give us the basic brachas that we need. But he doesn't say Lamad. No, not, not Lamad. He doesn't say, of course, we don't... Right, because we don't serve just for reward, as the Mishnah says in Pirkei We don't serve Almanas Kabil Pras. At the same time, um, the concept that there is reward and punishment is a basic tenet of Yiddishkeit. It's one of the 13 principles of faith. So, true, we're not supposed to serve for our reward. 
We're not supposed to serve um, out of fear of punishment. That's, a, that's considered a, a lower level of Although it's okay, but it's not the ultimate level. But nevertheless, the concept that it exists, that there are, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, consequences. That when a person serves Hashem, Hashem takes care of them. And there's con- negative consequences is one of the Yud Gimli Kriya Muna that Rambam writes about. Um, and it's right here in the Pasuk. And really, if you look at it, the, um, according to Torah, the man's needs are bo- broken down into three basic categories. And they're called Bone, Chaye, and Mizoini. Bone means children or family. Chaye means life, life, health. And Mizoini means sustenance, the basic parnasa that a person needs. And if you look at these Pasuk, Hashem is promising his brach in all of those areas. He talks about food, right, which is the basic sustenance of a person, bread and water. He talks about sickness, right, which is health, and he talks about children. They should have live children and healthy children and healthy families. So really, these are all the brachas of Hashem. And of course, I'm not going to deal with the basic and old philosophical question of why there are people who serve Hashem and don't have all the brachas that they need and why sometimes we see, to the contrary, that people who are wicked are, are prosperous. And that's a you know, famous question that really the Novi asked. In, in the Nevi'im, this question is asked, and at the end of the day, Hashem is the only one who knows all the, uh, all the answers to all the questions, and why, and when, and where. I don't want to go in that direction. But that, that's the Pasha to Taich, the Pasha to shot of this Pasuk. Serve Hashem, and Hashem will give you the basic nece- necessary brachas of life, of health, of food, of sustenance, of children, and so on and so forth. However, there are many deeper um, explanations and ideas behind these words as well. And let's look at a couple of them. So first I want to say something from Tanya chapter 41. He says something very beautiful based on this Pasuk. And that is the following. We know when it comes to serving Hashem, there is doing the mitzvahs, which is number one. Do the mitzvahs, learn the Torah. But then there is the feelings that are meant to accompany our serving Hashem. And there, we talk about the feelings that are meant to accompany, there's two basic feelings. And they are Avas Hashem and Yiras Shemayim. Right? A love relationship that we're supposed to have. And of course it's a mitzvah in the Torah. For a person to develop a love for Hashem, Ahavas Hashem. <coughs> Excuse me. And there's also a mitzvah in the Torah to have Yiras Shemayim, to have fear of heaven. These are actual mitzvahs. Now, in fact, the Zohar calls Ava and Yira the two wings of all of our mitzvahs. It says that they're the ones that elevate our mitzvahs to a different level. You can do a mitzvah, but it's, it can remain stagnant. And Kabbalistically, that has all types of implication. But the Zohar says, in the Zohar language, Ahava and Yira, love and fear of Hashem, are called the wings of the mitzvahs. They're the ones that elevate them, bring them up high, make them spiritual, make them connect to Hashem in the proper way that they can, and bring them to their, bring us their, the most um, powerful effect when, they're, when they soar heavenward because they're accompanied by feelings of Avas Hashem and Yiras Hashem. Um, famously, the uh, famous Hasidic Maisa is that the Baal Shem Tov once came to a shul and they asked him, uh, you know, would he come in? And he walks to the front door and he says, no, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't come into the shul. So they say, why not? They say, because this shul is full of Torah and tefillah. <laughs> that sounded strange. That, that doesn't sound like a reason not to go into a shul. And the Vashantiv said, he says, because healthy Torah and tefillah are supposed to soar heavenward. If they're done with the proper feelings of Avas Hashem and Yiras Hashem, they soar heavenward. They don't remain here. But in this shul, I found so much Torah and tefillah trapped, Ooh. so I couldn't go in. There's no room. They said, I can't go there. That's a famous Hasidic Maisa. Be that as it may. So the Tanya, he says the following. He says, when we talk about loving Hashem and fearing Hashem, these are the two basic components of feelings that go along with mitzvahs. Now, typically, when we think about it, love of Hashem is more of associated with the mitzvahs I say, the positive commandments. I love Hashem, so I want to do His thing. I want to connect. Fear of Hashem is more so associated with 
the negatives. Don't do bad. Don't do this avera. Don't do that avera because you know fear of basic fear yiras shemayim. Yet he says the truth is that a person needs basic yiras shemayim for all Torah mitzvahs, even for mitzvahs say mitzvahs leisa say a basic tenant of all avoda is that a person has basic yiras shemayim. Now yiras shemayim doesn't mean that I'm afraid that Hashem's going to hit me over the head. Yiras shemayim is an awe, a reverence. A feeling of being a servant of Hashem. That's not, you know, it's not up to me. As uh, some family said, famously, the mitzvahs, the Ten Commandments, they're called commandments. They're not ten suggestions or ten <laughs> ideas. Yeah. It's, it, there's a king, yeah, and the that. king, and the king tells me what to do. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not, a, it's not if you know if you're inspired. Well, let's do a mitzvah. Right? It's, it's commandments. It's Hashem. It's a king. So he says in Tanya, he says, what if a person doesn't have yours mind? That's not his thing. He doesn't like. He loves Hashem. Really loves Hashem. And because he loves Hashem, he's going to do mitzvahs and he keeps Shabbos and he learns Torah and he does mitzvahs and he puts on sisters and he davas with a tremendous Ivas Hashem. What's missing? What component is really missing? The person is doing it all. I'm fulfilling everything out of tremendous love of Hashem. And by the way, people talk that way. There are people in today's world, you know, you hear anything, but there are people who say, you know, fear, that's, I don't like that concept. It's a little scary. But I love Hashem. I have a, this tremendous love relationship and that's how I serve Hashem. What's wrong? So the Rebbe says, you know what's wrong? Look at today, this passage. Right? What's the words that we read in this, in this parsha here? The word avoda means to serve. Like an evet, like a servant. He says, if a person is, is loving Hashem and doing all the mitzvahs, it's wonderful. They're not doing avoda Hashem. They're not serving Hashem. They're enjoying, they're appreciating, they have a buddy-buddy relationship. But the Torah says that our relationship to Hashem must be in a way of ve'avadetem as Hashem lokeichem to serve Hashem. Sure. Serve Hashem means I recognize He's a master and I'm serving. Okay. Now, there's also beauty to having a child, father-child relationship with Hashem, which is avas Hashem, and that's wonderful. And we should have avas Hashem, without a doubt. The Alter Rebbe in Tani is not against avas Hashem. But he's saying there must be always a basic underlying concept of Yiras Shemayim that says, I am, like we say in, in, right before we, we take out the Sefer Torah, right? what do we say? Right? I am here to serve Hashem. You say it in a foreign language, so we really don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I before him, before the in fact, many shuls say that section in English. I've seen shuls that say, they say in English. Um, because it's not Hebrew anyway, it's Aramaic, and it's not, you know, it's not Likuva. But it doesn't matter, whatever language you say, it, it's, it's okay to know what it means. And, and the idea is, and then he say, he learns that from these psukim. So that's another important idea in these psukim that we learn from here this concept of avoidas Hashem. It's not enough to do the mitzvahs because I love them and they're they're inspirational and I love Hashem and I love Yiddishkeit. But there must be an underlying avoidas Hashem, a recognition that I Hashem's my commander and He says what to do and that's what I have to do. And of course I will work on loving it and enjoying and appreciating it as well. So that's another idea behind Vavadatim Hashem. Um, let's move on to another idea, also based on this pasuk, a very important idea, and that is there is a very famous machlokas between the Rambam Maimonides and Ramban Nachmanides, and all the Rishonim took sides in this machlokas. Yes. And that is, is tefillah a Torah commandment? Is the concept of davening one of the 613 commandments of Hashem? Yes or no? In the Gemara itself, there are insinuations this way and that way. And it's one of those machlokas and that is so great and so many great people on either side that it's never fully been resolved. 
Is it is tefillah part of the minyan taryag? This is one of the six thirteen. Rambam famously says that yes, it is. Ramban challenges that and says that no, it's not. And this machlokis is brought in Shulchan Aruch even. It's, it's all the way down. And the Shagasari talks about a tremendous amount. It's, it's a big shayl, big machlokis. Now, it's important to note, it doesn't make that big of a difference. Because whether it's a, one of the 613, whether it's a deraisa, doesn't matter. It's a derabonon. So what? We have to do it anyway. Right. And according to everyone, it's the foundation of Yiddishkeit and connecting to Hashem. But it's still interesting to note that according to the Rambam, it's one of the 613. According to Ramban, it's not. Now, whenever you have a machlokis, and one says it's one of the 613, and one says it's not. Who's the one who has to prove his opinion? The one who says it is or the one who says it isn't? Who says it is. Obviously, the one who says it is, because where does it say? Yeah. You can't just make up a mitzvah. No, and clearly, there's no clear pasuk in it, because if there would be a clear pasuk, then there wouldn't be an argument, right? Yeah. There's no argument if Shabbos is a mitzvah, or if mezuzah is a mitzvah, or if tefillin is a mitzvah. It's a pasuk. So there's no clear pasuk in the Torah to daven, to pray. So Rambam, who says it is one of the 613, where did he get it from? Well, so they make the different kinds of... That's not a mitzvah for tefillah. That's a mitzvah to build a base of mikdash. Well, what are right? you doing there, though? You bring karbanas, you light a kumanayra, a lot of stuff you do there, right? Anyways, the answer is this pasuk. The Rambam, in the beginning of Hilchas tefillah, is very clear. Shekosuv ve'avadetem es Hashem alokeichem. Yeah. Rambam read that oh, Avadatem means tefillah. Why? Where does he get that? Because he references another pasuk. So there it puts avoda together with the lave, with the heart. But the word avoda means the service of the heart. So therefore Rambam says, when it says here, it's a very specific mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to serve Hashem through prayer, through davening. Now, that doesn't have to be done three times a day. According to the Torah Mitzvah, Rambam talks about that. The Torah commandment is once a day, whatever it is. But the concept of tefillah comes from, according to Rambam, from Vavaditem as Hashem Elokeichem, which is sort of an open-ended pasuk, you know, serve Hashem, but through what? Rambam understands this pasuk to mean serving Hashem through tefillah. Now, if it means serving Hashem through tefillah, then according to this explanation, it's not the idea just of service and yiras Hashem that we said according to the earlier explanation. Because tefillah, if anything, is more connected to Ava than to Yira. Yeah, right. In tefillah, we're, we're mm-hmm. awakening feelings of a relationship with Hashem. Coming In tefillah, we're trying to come close to Hashem. The word tefillah means to connect, right? Mm-hmm. To connect. So we're not talking about contradictions. We're talking about different ideas in this word of Vavadatam. Whereas according to the first point, we just based on the Tanya, Vavadatam was all about Avodas Evet. About being a servant to Hashem and not being, you know, an, having an Ahava-based relationship. Based on the Rambam's reading... And that tefillah, that we learned tefillah from Vavadatam, so Vavadatam brings to the contrary the concept of Ava Sashem, which is why we have this whole build-up in tefillah. Right? We, we go from the Hodu to the Psuki de Zimra, to the Brichas Kriyashma, to the Kriyashma, to the Shmanesrei. The build-up is trying to awaken within ourselves and create within ourselves feelings of a relationship with Hashem. In fact, the Zohar calls tefillah the ladder. Mm-hmm. Right? You have the ladder in, in Yaakov's dream. Vihine Sulam Mutsav Artsa. The ladder, Virosho Magyash. Mama says, the Zohar, Sulam Dutzlosa. The ladder is Tefillah. Because this Tefillah is a ladder where a person goes up from rung to rung in their relationship with Hashem. If, we da- if we're davening correctly, if we're putting our efforts into it, then we're, the Tefillah is a time of picking ourselves up and becoming closer and more connected to Hashem. So, so going back to our Pasuk of Vavaditem, this has another meaning. 
in addition to the idea of um, you know basic avodas Hashem, and on top of the idea of yiras shemayim and, and and being a servant of Hashem, according to the Rambam, it has also the concept of avas Hashem, which is the mitzvah of tefillah. And that's why a very central central part of tefillah, of course, is the Shema, which is where we have the mitzvah, where we say every day the mitzvah, mm-hmm. Because even though there's a mitzvah, which doesn't have any time frame to it, you can love Hashem always, but there, most of the day, a person's not thinking about that, that love feeling. Right? They're involved in whatever they're involved. Tefillah is a time that we're focused on that. We're focused on our relationship to Hashem, on those, or we should be, you're well said, we should be working on during tefillah, um, when we can to awaken feelings of relationship and closeness to Hashem. Okay, let's another idea about a very beautiful idea I saw about this. Um, if we're looking at the deeper meanings of this pasuk, it says "Losia mishakela va'akara baratzecha." That you that you'll not have you know any um, children who die and people who are barren in your land. So what does that mean when we're talking about this this you know, this deeper way of understanding this pasuk? And a beautiful idea is that. Um, we're talking here about of Midos, of, of Ava, Sasham, and Yira, Sasham, right? Now, Ava and Yira, there's the famous question, which is, and this we've talked about it many times, and that is, there's a mitzvah to love Hashem. Straight up mitzvah in the Torah. But how do you start, how do you command someone to love? I, you know, it's like, now all the time we tell our children, I want you to like supper. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. How do you command someone to love something that they don't? And the answer is that the commandment is not really on the love. The commandment is, is to is to contemplate and to think and to learn to awaken the love, right? And that's why really love and fear are called in Kabbalistic works children, children of intellect. The intellect are called the, the parents and the parents create feelings of love and fear. Many times um, there's the Chachma uh, and Bina, which is wisdom and understanding, I'll call it like a father and mother. And the Midos are called the Ben, the Ben Abbas, the children. So the Midos that we awaken from our seichel, from our hisbonanus, from our thinking, from our learning, from our contemplation, the midos are like our children. If so, we go back to the Pasuk, and the Pasuk says that you shouldn't be barren, and that children should live. What the, on the deeper level, what this Pasuk is talking, it's all part of davening. Right? It's part of the v'avadatim Hashem, you'll serve Hashem, and you're trying to awaken these feelings of love Hashem and fear of Hashem. So the Torah is saying, and if you try, I will help you that the children, in other words, the feelings that you create in your avoda, should, first of all, you should create them, because sometimes a person can contemplate and nothing happens from it. So Hashem says, no, but I'm giving you a bracha that if you contemplate, if you do your steps, you will be able to awaken feelings in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, those feelings shouldn't die. In other words, it shouldn't just be a short-lived uh, momentary feeling and then it's gone, but they should be continuous. And that's what he's saying. He's saying that, that you, should, uh, you should be able to have those, those uh, proper feelings and uh, experience them, and that they should be lasting feelings mm-hmm. in your relationship with Hashem. They well, don't die. Uh, obviously, the idea, I mean, the, yeah, feeling, yeah. Like, the, the idea is they should be die. real and continuous. They shouldn't right? They shouldn't the dis- dissipate. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or dissipate, whatever the word is. Okay, one more step. And then it says, Esmispar yomecha amale, I'll fill your days. Right? So I, before we said on a shot level, that means that you live a long life. Yes, Hashem. Mm-hmm. But really, uh, going, uh, not really, but going on a deeper level, following the... Make each day more Exactly. Following the flow that we're talking here, he's telling us very powerful. And that is perhaps one of the most per, uh, important things in a person's avoda is to recognize that every day that I have is a gift of Hashem with a mission. Mm. And my avoda in this world is to use every day. 
and to make every day meaningful and to make every day count. And, and to recognize that if I'm alive today, it's because Hashem wants from me something today. And whether it's Torah study, whether it's tefillah, whether it's mitzvahs, whether it's helping another person, whether it's doing a mitzvah, whether it's kol masachal Hashem shamayim, but every day is a gift. And when a person is always focused on that, so they're not, they're just focused on what does Hashem want from me now? They're not focused on where am I holding and how much schar am I getting and am I doing? And we're not, we're just, I have a job, I have a mission. And my mission is to fill all of my days. It says about Avram Avinu in the Torah, Vavram Zakein Babayamim. Right? The Svarim say he came with every day. He, he, was, he didn't like, you know, what did you do last year? I don't know, whatever. I don't know, probably accomplished something in the last couple of years. Right? Babayamim every day was accounted for. It was, what did I do today? He woke up in the morning, went to sleep by night. By night he knew what he accomplished that day. Every day was a day. And that's what Esmisper Yamech Amali, again, it's part of the brachas that Hashem is giving us in our avodah. Just like he said, I'm giving you a bracha that your intellect should be able to create midos and that your midos should be long-lasting midos. He says, I give you a bracha that if you set your mind to it, you'll be able to have that focus of using every day and living every day properly. There's a, um, there's a beautiful Gemara, very famous and, and enigmatic Gemara, in Masech Tabarachas, Rabbi Yechidah that he's on his deathbed. And his Talmidim come in and they see that he's crying and they say, Rabbi, what are you crying about? And they realized he wasn't just, he was afraid of death. You know, he was a tzaddik. Rabbi wasn't just a tzaddik. He was right. probably the greatest tzaddik of his generation, the greatest Torah teacher of his generation. He's the one who saved Kali Yisrael, really, the Chodim Beis HaMikdash. And he says, why shouldn't I cry? He says, I don't know which way they're taking me. Am I going to Ganeidin? Am I going to Gehenna? So I'm crying. And all the Sfarim asked the question. <laughs> if Rabbi Yochan Mazakeh didn't know which way he's going, you know, the, we're all, you know, well, dead. Well, we're dead. More, more than trouble. We don't have any hope whatsoever. What does that even mean? And even in his mind, what did it mean? No, Rabbi Yochan Mazakeh wasn't foolish, and he wasn't being like the you know, people who have that f- f- uh, foolish humility. I'm nothing about it. <laughs> he was a tzaddik. He never wasted a moment in his life. He learned Torah every minute. He taught Torah to the entire college. So what does that even mean? What do the words mean? And there's many answers given. One of the answers given is that Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai was always in life too busy to think about where he's holding. Mm. He was busy with, what's my job today? What does Hashem want from me today? As Misper Yomecha Amali, he was driven. And the, the, he was driven every day to do his mission. How could I teach another Yitzhah? How could I learn something else? How could I help a How could I give tzedakah? How could I... And that's what he's focused on. So he never took the moment to say, okay, so what's the madrigger for Yochan and Mazaki? Where am I holding? How much Ganadin am I getting? He never thought about it. Now he's on his deathbed. He's like, whoops. I never thought about, you know, what's the situation? <laughs> I got I to think back. I, I never stopped to look back. I was too busy. And he says, that's a, that's a tremendous madrigger. It's a tremendous madrigger when a person is focused every day on this concept of a smispar yomecha amali of fulfilling my mission. And what can I do? What can I do today? And how can I do today? Well, how can I use this hour or this day in, in, in fulfilling my shlichus, my mission of Hashem? In other words, world. as, as Mishpah Yomecha, God's saying, I will, fill, I, will fill, fill, I will make mashlim your days. Right. So really, and I'm not arguing it, of course, I'm just saying, so because, he, how do we go from there? 
to the person's person, perspective. Yeah. Right. So I'm saying it follows along yeah, all of these are brachas and our avodah. Hashem is saying that if you go just like when it came to the Avavira, he said if you have your Isbanus, you'll have Avavira. I'll help you. Every step of our Avodah Hashem helps us. All these steps are so, No, it's because it's all about Avodah Hashem and Davening and Yira and Ava. And Hashem is helping us and telling us that um, as you go through your Avodah, I'm giving you these brachas to help you out in that Avodah. Okay. There is one more idea here that really deserves an entire sheer lecture, whatever, and I'm going to say it in five minutes, which is not so smart of me, but, but nevertheless, I want, to, I want to mention it because it's too, it's too great not to mention. And that is one of the great philosophical questions that are brought, many, many, many people have written and spoken about this concept, and that is the following. We're talking here about the word vavaditan, to serve Hashem, right? Typically when you say a person serves someone, what does it mean someone is serving me? If I have a servant, what is the servant doing for me? Things that I need. Right? Service means, you know, I, I, I'm asking you to serve me because I need something done. Right? So you're, you're, you're providing a service for also, me. Also you're saying it, this, it's something that, that you're, not, you're not available to do right now, so can you, can you take a lot of you on too busy with my stuff? Yeah, whatever it is. The, the point is that t- whenever you talk about someone is serving someone else, that means they're filling a need of that someone else. So I need my house clean, so can someone clean my house for me? I need uh, dinner prepared, and so on and so forth. You can do something that you just want that you don't need. You can just say, you know, I'd, I'd like an ice cream cone. Okay, because I want them. Okay, because I want. Okay, well, again, you're right. You're right. So a lot of things that we say we need, we don't really need. But it's 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 a need that I'm feeling. I would. I want that. I'm craving that for whatever reason. I'm desiring it. So I need you to fulfill my desire. And here comes the big question: this whole concept of avodah Hashem. Does Hashem need my mitzvah? Like Hashem is perfect. Hashem has everything. Hashem didn't need the whole world. He was around before it started, and He created it. And we're a bunch of you know answerless. And, and He says, "I want you to serve me," which would cut. There's a connotation that we're giving Him something, and He needs something, and He, and somehow we're filling a need. But how does that fit with the perfection of Hashem? And that's why I say this is a question that's way bigger than one class even. But nevertheless, being that it's on the Pasuk here, I want to mention the quote of this topic is called Avoda Sorech Gavoa. Is Avod, our Avod, our service, is that a need of Hashem? And as I mentioned, this is something that's been written about extensively and there's different approaches to it amongst Jewish sources and philosophers and so on and so forth. But just to mention that there are some very basic verses and statements of Chazal that are used to either side of this argument. Perhaps the most powerful verse used um, to one side is a verse in, in Eov, which says, Im matifalbo. If you sin, how are you affecting him? Even if you'll sin grievously, you'll do something to him, you're going to hurt Hashem. Like a person's not going to keep Shabbos, Hashem has a headache. Like, what, 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 what are you going to do to him, right? And there's a medrash that supports that line of thinking that says, and this is the medrash in Bresh's Rabbah, Does Hashem, does it concern Hashem? Uh, one person shechted the animal correctly from the neck and one person from the back. It makes a difference to Hashem. Lo nitnu ha-mitzvos elo le-tzarif bahenes ha-brios. It's not like modern Hebrew reform. It's a medrash. So the mitzvos were given only to refine the people. 
So this, this Pasuk and Medrash are used, and especially by the early Jewish philosophers. You know, you had the great Tzfarim, they were called the Chokr, the philosophers, whether it's Ralbag or Sefer Ikrim, or some, some basic, uh, what they call Tzfarim of Jewish philosophy, they said, they had an approach that said the following, that Hashem gives us mitzvahs for our benefit, in order to make a mention out of us. In other words, to make us kinder, to make us better, to make us holier, to make us smarter, to make us this. And therefore, he gave us all those mitzvahs are there for us. And which fits very well into the words of this medrash that we just read. It doesn't really make a difference to him, but he wants us to be better people, more refined people, holier people, more selfless people. And for that, he gave us these 613 mitzvahs with whatever the derivatives are, because in his infinite wisdom, he knows if we follow all that, we will be the best people possible. So that is an approach. It's an approach by internal authorities, approach of some, and understanding this thing. Now, on the other hand, there are other psukim and medrashim that have a very, very different um, sound to them, connotation. Pasuk in, in Parsha Shlach, Va'ata yigdal na koach adnai. Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem, Hashem's koach should be made greater. And the medrashim says that when we do Torah mitzvahs, we, make, we add koach to Hashem. Of course, because Hashem willed it to be so, but that there is great power to what we do for Hashem. Or similarly, in Hazinu, where the Pasuk says, Tzur Yiladcha Teshi, which means literally that, literally is the rock of my children, makes me weak. And the Medrash says that when we do Averas, we weaken the Koach Shalmailah. We weaken the divine Koach. So this Pasuk in Medrash is used to challenge the first and say, no, the Torah is saying our mitzvahs are meaningful to Hashem and add koach to Hashem and weaken Hashem. So this is a second, a second, uh, you know, the, the other, the other side of the argument. So I just want to say again, and I know our time is up. What's the other second side? Because these, these are effective. All these things show they affect him. Give him more koach. Right. So uh, these affect Hashem. So effect. So that's that's the opposite of the first. Eov said, yeah. "Do averus? You're not affecting." Yeah. Him. Right. Oh yeah. These took him saying, "No, you're doing mitzvahs. You're affecting him." Yeah. Right. So we said the the way of the Jewish the early Jewish philosophers was was they took the first two the first plastic matters very seriously and say mitzvahs are for us. Hashem said, "You guys, I want you to behave and be the best people you can. Do these mitzvahs, but it doesn't affect me." The Kabbalists, the Mekubalim, say for Avodas HaKodesh, for example, written by a disciple of the Rashba. So he writes, he says, it depends which Madrid, which level in Hashem we're talking about. He says there's, he has a lot of names for it. The very essence of Hashem, the Shorish Hashorashim, the root of Orus, that's not affected by anything that happens in this world. That's just above and beyond. But he says, but, but Hashem created within himself an entire infrastructure of the Shemos of Hashem and the Spheros and the Madregos and the levels, whatever it is, all the Kabbalistic ideas and different levels of holiness and spirituality, they're directly affected by our mitzvahs. So that's a more of a, a Kabbalistic approach and that's how the... Um, what was the last one you just said? But the Kabbalistic approach is... is the, the Kabbalistic approach is that it depends which Madrego, which level of Hashem we're talking about. The, the, more, the essence of Hashem, so to speak, is above and beyond anything. So whatever anyone does is not going to affect them. It doesn't make a difference to them. But within Hashem, there's an entire framework that Hashem created of levels, of spheros and um, uh, what's called the, the uh, order of creation, the Savior Shalos, the divine worlds. All of that is very much affected by our avodah. Where he allowed himself to be. Well, obviously, he allowed it and created right, that. Right, right. But that's how they reconciled us. That there's, there's, there are these insinuations that nothing affects them. Because that's the level of him that's above and beyond. 
And yet there is inferences that we have tremendous effect on spiritual levels within Hashem as well because there are levels of spirituality within Hashem that He created that does allow for that effect. That is more the Kabbalistic approach. The Hasidic approach number is a third way. And they say no. That Hashem in His very essence because He wanted, because He wants our avoda, so He causes that He is fully invested and affected by every mitzvah and every avera that we do. And that was Hashem's initial will, when Hashem desired to make a world. So, of course, He didn't have to make the world. But Hashem wanted to. And He did it. No one told Him to make a world. This was His decision, right? And His decision was that He made Himself dependent. That His, his nachas, His happiness, and His weakness, so to speak, should be dependent on the avoda of Klal Yisrael. And they give, uh, our time is up, maybe, maybe next week I'll, I'll touch on a few points just to finish up. These are good but but that, this is a very, very, very tremendous subject. But there's, amongst the great Jewish leaders of the generations, there's these three different approaches in understanding the concept of our avoda. Just to summarize, approach number one says, all of our avoda is for our benefit. Hashem is perfect, Hashem is not, doesn't gain or lose by our mitzvahs, but we become better or, or worse, holier or more selfish or selfless and so on by our avoda. That's a philosophical approach and it makes a lot of sense. The Kabbalistic approach more is, it depends which level in Hashem you're talking about. They break it down. The essence of Hashem, the later level, so to speak, within Hashem. So some are affected and some are not affected. The more Hasidic approach says no, that Hashem himself has bound himself to us in a way that our avoda affects him and brings him nachas, joy and pleasure and hurtfulness when we don't do it. And that was his will to empower us in that way that should affect him in that powerful way. Which would require us to go back and explain some of these quotes. And yeah. believe me, I'll, I'll try to do that next time. We'll, we'll